This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. At NowDecatur.com. There is a natural distrust uh, of government investment uh, in development, right? And there's plenty of reasons why. Just look at Soldier Field and what they still owe, even after paying in for 20 years, uh, and what is promised. And, and people go, I don't want to be on, that shouldn't be our responsibility. Now the Bears want to get out of Soldier Field. They want to go to Arlington or whatever, build a new stadium. And that's got lawmakers scrambling all over, having conversations, trying to address that, but in the meanwhile, might impact everybody else. And then you throw in every conversation about government being involved in this, and it's all bad. That's not the case. TIF districts, when used properly, create a whole lot of economic development and, and a lot of private investment. And they run for a certain amount of time. And then when that time is done, then they start paying the taxes in. And we've had, uh, uh, John will tell us, John Kinseth joins us, the uh, deputy uh, city manager for the city of Decatur, Illinois. Uh, good morning, first of all, and thank you for being here. And thank you for all of your assistance over the last 48 hours with resources uh, for these folks from, from Acorn who just got the shaft this week. Absolutely, Brian. Thank you for having me. I appreciate this is an important topic um, and certainly uh, pleased to be here to explain uh, TIF districts for our, our residents it, it, and our it, listeners. It gets complicated. I mean, but it really, if, if it's used properly, it's just, you know, everybody's competing for private dollars, you, you know, and people can say, well, you shouldn't put incentive in. Well, okay, then take a fork to a gunfight, you know, and see how it works out for you. The guy with the gun's going to get, uh, you know, he's going to win the day. And so communities are competing. States are competing. Uh, we're competing with Bloomington, Champaign, Springfield, although that is changing a little bit in the economic development world. We're selling more of a region. But as these things move and go, I, it, you have to be at the table with some incentives. Uh, and it's easy to lump the conversation in here with everything else that goes on in Chicago or the state of Illinois. And that's unfair because we do it right here. I mean, by all accounts, 6-1 vote on the city council Monday night to send the message to Springfield, leave our TIF district alone. So there's some lawmakers that, that want to get the Bears deal done. And by doing that, they want to change some rules that might impact everybody. So without getting into that complication, let's just start with what a TIF district is. It stands for tax increment Finance. Financing or finance, yep. and give us the 101 and do it by using an example. What was the very first TIF district here in Decatur? Yeah, absolutely. And first, I'll start by saying that a TIF district is one tool in the city's toolbox of economic development incentives or neighborhood revitalization tools. We have other examples in Decatur. We have opportunity zones. We have the enterprise zone and the TIF district is another example of that. Other communities have a downtown business district. Uh, all of them generally are, are uh, vehicles of which you can incentivize uh, private development, incentivize private investment through some uh, public investment. Obviously, the goal is always to minimize the amount of public investment to maximize the amount of private investment. So in Decatur, uh, we used to have seven TIF districts. The original one was created in 1997. That was the Southeast TIF. Uh, out on Mount Zion Road on the southern portion of uh, Mount Zion Road in Decatur. And that TIF district closed a couple of years ago. But essentially over the 20 the years, the 23 years life of the TIF district, uh, that TIF district created $3 million of new assessed value uh, that ultimately is captured now by all of the taxing bodies now that the TIF district has expired. And so the, the way that a TIF district essentially works is, is that you designate an area and you establish the what the current assessed value of of all the properties within that TIF district, and essentially that is becomes the the base or it becomes a frozen EAV. Uh, ultimately, over the 23 years, 
there is usually some type of organic growth and there's a lot of, of hopefully a lot of new development that creates new assessed value. During the life of that 23 years, that new value is captured and essentially reinvested into that TIF district to further incentivize more development. And so that's, that's in, a, in a nutshell how the way that a TIF district works. What I want to make clear is, is that some people believe that TIF districts, you know, increase property taxes, uh, they, they uh, increase values uh, or they can decrease values. All of those are, are misnomers. The reality of it is, is that you're, you're taking the existing assessed value, you're freezing that. The taxing bodies don't get any reduction in taxes paid to them. They just don't get any increase. They don't get any increase for the, for the 23 years unless there is some other type of, of, of agreement in place. And then the city does have some examples of that in, in our TIF districts as well, where we do share some of that money back with the taxing bodies during the, the life of the TIF. Um, and so each TIF is, can be created slightly different. Uh, Decatur has a, a number of examples of TIF. We have two broad area TIFs is what I would call them, where uh, they cover a large swath of, of, of area. Uh, and then we have more single site uh, TIFs where it was two or three parcels of property that were uh, designated as a TIF district to incentivize a particular development. Okay, so if you're the developer, let's just use the, one of the later examples, and, and you want to come in and you want to build something, and I know that over 23 years, this is what my taxes are going to be. Right. And they're not going to go up. So I can. It, it makes the investment better for me on the front end to know what that looks like. And then after that time, my taxes are going to go up. Well, let me... Let or, me. It's a little bit different than that. Okay. So, so your taxes will go up during the 23 years. In fact, that that growth is what we're hoping for because what happens is is that as the taxes go up, the increment, so the 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 amount of money that's shared to the other taxing body stays the same, but the increase in your taxes basically gets captured and stays within that TIF district. And when TIF districts are used correctly, it's reinvested in within that TIF, TIF district. So the developer will have tax increases over the 23 years their tax bill is not frozen. Uh, what's happening is, is that that money that's the additional increment that's being paid is being captured and then ultimately reinvest, reinvested in that TIF district. So then what is the advantage for the developer? The advantage for the developer is typically they will ask for a redevelopment agreement and they will ask for some type of incentive and they will ask for a portion of that increment or for that increment to be used to cover public infrastructure that they would otherwise. So you got to run water, sewer, or something like that to water, sewer, sidewalks. Uh, it can be demolition of buildings. It can be rehabilitation of buildings. Um, it can be a, a number of permitted uses. All right. And then those specific areas, uh, you know, you know, I think about some of the redevelopment, what we used to call economic gardening, you know, like that a business would then create kind of a, a you, know, you know, we look at, I guess, ADM and Nova feed might be your biggest example of, you know, landing one big thing because the other thing's already here. I mean, is, it, is that kind of a microcosm of what you're looking at in certain areas? Like that if this developer comes in and build, it's going to spur other people to do similar things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And those could be different reasons. Right. Right. Uh, you know, I think the best way to to uh, to implement and apply a TIF is a TIF district typically should have some development in mind that that is coming. But for some type of incentive, that development won't happen. And so the implementation of a TIF district allows for the city to create an incentive for that developer that doesn't come at an expense to the, ta the existing tax uh, taxpayers, doesn't come at, at an expense to the existing taxing bodies. Nobody gets a, re a, a reduction in the amount of revenue so that they get. If it's indicated the public schools are going to get what they were going to get. Correct. Or the park district or whatever it might be. Right. And, and so a, an appropriate TIF would then be, would allow for the development to basically spread some of that 
of that new growth into the adjoining neighborhood. So let's take for an example, uh, the city has a TIF district out on Oakland and Grand Avenue, and that's what created the county market and the Save-A-Lot there. And so a, a TIF district that, that uh, a private developer, when they came and they rebuilt that, that corner, that intersection, it, it looks nice, it's much better than previously, a good TIF will allow for the city to take the money that was ultimately generated from that new development and spread it into the neighborhood. So into the Fairlawn neighborhood where we can, you know, add sidewalks, we can extend some of that landscaping, some of the the uh, higher quality of life uh, amenities that were built on the development into the adjoining neighborhood. All right. So is there an overall number for what this has meant for, you know, Decatur over the last, well, I think you said the first one was 1997. I mean, do we have like a ballpark figure of what that's meant by having these in place or being able to implement these in total dollars? You mean development how, dollars? Right, right. So I, I don't know that I have the aggregate for, for all of the TIF districts across the city, but if we, if we for an example, that original one that you mentioned in 1997, the Southeast Plaza TIF, that's the area out there by the Hawthorne Suites, the Monocle, Steak and Shake. So, but for the TIF, many of those developments that are there today would not be there. Uh, over the life of the 23 years, there was $3 million of new assessed value that was essentially created there. When, and $3 million sounds low, but $3 million is, is assessed value, which really means that there was at least $9 million invested, private dollars invested into that development that gr ultimately grew the assessed value. In, 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 in Illinois, uh, an assessed value, the difference between fair market value and assessed value in 101 of the counties other than Cook County is basically one-third. And so the when we, we always talk about an EAV, because that's the taxable value. The taxable value is a third of, of essentially fair market value. Uh, okay, so John, John, you're 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 losing, losing me and, and ninety percent of the audience. <laughs> uh, no, I, I I think that the assessed value is is the world you live in. Right. To me, most people can understand the money that's invested in development. Right. So, uh, you're talking about we create this, and over twenty three years, there's nine million dollars in private investment. Uh, right. You know, in that area, and I can go to Steak and Shake, uh, you know, or the or Monocles or whatever. Uh, the Old Town uh, TIF. I remember when that was sort of put through and, and Bill Eichenauer and a lot of the West End guys over there, uh, you think about what the West, you know, the Millican area looked like 25 years ago versus what it looks like today. Right. So the old, yes, the old town. Tip and it comes all the way down here. Yeah. I didn't old, realize that. Yeah. The old town tip, I think is a good example of, of, you know, all of the landscaping, the streetscaping, the bricks, the lighting, you know, in the downtown area, that was ultimately uh, possible because of the, the tip district and, and, you know, the brick road that runs up, up main street, West main, you know, all of that is because of the tiff. Uh, was implemented and, and the increment that was generated over the last 23 years, that TIF expires here in a couple of months. All of that uh, uh, public infrastructure was ultimately possible because of the, the TIF district. Otherwise, it would have required a, a uh, broader property tax increase to ultimately invest in that specific area. That never happened because we had the TIF. Okay, so now to put that into today's news, the council voted 6-1, right, to right. send a, and, and that's, that's really all they're doing. I think there's been 103 municipalities or somewhere in that ballpark that have done this, uh, sent the message to Springfield that, hey, some of this legislation you're talking about is bad for us. Uh, we're not abusing TIFs. We're doing it the right way. Don't let this whole Chicago Bears conversation turn into something that impacts everybody in a negative way. Right, absolutely. I think that ironically, that same state senator that has for the last few years 
uh, proposed gutting the the original TIF statute uh, uh, statewide, you know, she's seeking a property tax incentive for the Bears deal to move to Arlington Heights. At the same time, she's basically trying to uh, essentially eliminate TIFs and what their original intent is for. And so it's an example of where, you know, one community, you know, Chicago in this particular circumstance, you know, has had some bad uh, TIF incentives provided to, to developers. Uh, you mentioned the Bears and the Soldier Field, uh, you know, those types of things that ultimately they want to penalize the entire state. Um, and it impacts communities like Decatur that are using them correctly. Yeah, and I think Mount Zion has also passed, you know, there's several, like, I, I believe over a hundred are doing this and using this. Because if you don't have this tool, I, I mean, you know, people, I, I don't understand why people um, can't understand the competition of economic development, meaning that you have people that may not even look at us at all because we're in the state of Illinois. Mm -hmm. But you may have people that will go, okay, Illinois, but what can I do Champaign versus Decatur or Bloomington versus Decatur? Or do I want to be up north? Uh, or do I want to go to Indiana? Because I think this about, you, you have to have these tools, right? Or you can't, you're not in the game. Absolutely. And, and Nicole at the EDC can tell you that it's a very competitive market out there. We are constantly competing against other municipalities, whether they're here in central Illinois, whether they're in the broader Illinois region, whether they're even outside of Illinois. Like you said, Illinois has its disadvantages that we have to compete with. And sometimes that requires having some of these uh, economic development tools, opportunity zone, uh, enterprise zone, tip districts, et cetera. And as I assume your office uh, and, and and the people that are working in EDC on the city's behalf uh, and Nicole, you know, which is two different missions, by the way, it's not kind of like repetitive stuff. I mean, you guys are working right. in different areas that there are hundreds of conversations that take place that we'll never know about because it never got past point B if you don't have the checklist they're looking for. Right. Right. A lot of developers, that's one of the questions that they ask. Is this in a TIF district? Is this in an enterprise zone? Is this in an opportunity zone? You know, what other incentives can the city or the county provide to us uh, in order to incentivize us to come there? Um, you know, the good news is, is we have other uh, economic advantages indicator outside of these tools. You know, we have an industrial infrastructure that, that you know, puts us ahead of so many other places. We have a, a good, uh, abundant water supply. Uh, you know, we have other things in addition to these uh, economic development tools that also gives Decatur a competitive edge um, on like you know so many other uh, industrial places around the country all right and our workforce can't forget our workforce well know. that's exactly right and and it, we, we've obviously uh, talking about workforce clearly um, you know, we had the mayor on yesterday uh, and you know it is so unusual right for something like that to happen without any sort of notification you know with what happened with acorn this week and and i mean i think the mayor finally got an email from somebody with acorn at like seven o'clock that night which is just insane uh i now good news is the community stepped up in a gazillion ways and there's all kinds of job fairs millican was packed yesterday adm told us this morning they're gonna be at workforce investment solutions tuesday that they will be hiring people tuesday i mean that show up uh, if you don't have a resume you know that just sit down and talk to them i know making resources on the illinois department of corrections is having uh one on tuesday on the campus of richland community college um you, you know we've we've got all these resources and you see it come together because it's a small enough town that everybody still knows everybody and can make stuff happen quickly, right? Absolutely. You know, that it's such an impactful uh, thing that happened this week with ACORN. It, you know, it has a ripple effect throughout the entire economy. 
Um, you know, no one, no employee deserves to be treated that way. No one does. Uh, you know, and, and, and so it's a terrible thing. And, and certainly our attention now, you know, and, and all the partners that you mentioned uh, coming together, you know, I think that COVID really built us for this moment, if I can say it that way. We, we have the infrastructure in place to help people retool, retrain, find new jobs. Uh, um, and, it's, and it's a good time, uh, you know, as a community uh, to, to, if there ever is a good time, with this type of circumstance. Our attention obviously now is to get the resources to the people that are, are directly impacted, um, but it will have a, a, a ripple effect throughout the economy. You know, the, not only did employees lose their jobs, you know, but there's also a lot of businesses here in town that provided services to Acorn. And, and you know, what's going to happen with the bankruptcy? Are they going to get paid for the bills that they were owed? And, and what's that, what does that mean for their employees when they've now taken it on the chin because, you know, Acorn decided to skirt their the, obligations? The ripple effect is, is amazing. We had a, a, a principal in, you know, that she found out, you know, that day by a text one of her students got from their mom that she'd just been fired. You know, and then you think about the kids in the schools, the stress, you know, it, it's it's all encompassing. But people are stepping up. We, hopefully we make it as, as, you know, as less bumpy as possible. And we're able to put because we have somewhere between 12 and 1500 jobs right now right. available in this community. Uh, five years ago, 10 years ago, that wouldn't have been the case. And we'd be talking about a whole different scenario. What happens in the, and, and I know I, I, this is off the cuff, and I'm, I've had several people mention the building, you know, that it was just $25 million put into that building in 2018. What happens with that sitting in the middle of our community in this sort of bankruptcy thing? Right. So, I mean, I think the good news is, is that there was so much money invested into that building and, and into that facility. It is a it's a nice facility and it sits in an in a, it's one of the, the, the most attractive uh, buildings, if I can say it that way, in that particular neighborhood. It's an anchor. It's an anchor institution in that in that neighborhood. And so I think that's that's helpful that that that's going to allow or somebody's going to come and buy that. You know, the, the advantage of the of the bankrupt of the Chapter Seven is is that you know we should see movement faster uh, than than when they were stuck in the the, the Chapter Eleven uh, for the last few years. Chapter Seven means that it'll be it'll be sold in an auction, uh, and ultimately at some point, you know, there's going to be somebody that buys that and ultimately puts it back into service, likely for the same purpose because it is a very uh, specific uh, use building, um, and so that there's an opportunity there, you know. And what what I can say about the the larger Acorn situation, you know, I, I think it is it doesn't help entirely those impacted here in Decatur. But to see that it was a across the country, they closed all of their facilities. It was not just closing the Decatur facility. We're not the only ones taking it on the chin here. This is something that that it's not a reflection of the city of Decatur. It's a reflection of a failing company. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and ultimately, you know, there's been a lot of positive developments that that have been announced in Decatur over the last couple of years. We've, you know, in addition to the jobs that we already have, you know, we, we've talked about another 800 jobs that are coming with, with Innova feed, with LG, with ADM's expansion. And there's more that uh, uh, that'll be coming in, in the coming months. And so a lot of lot of jobs, a lot of opportunities. And, and you know, how do we help the people uh, that were impacted today and, and yesterday, Wednesday, and, and move them into, uh, you know, other to fill the roles that we have today um, for whatever that comes in the future. All right, John, we appreciate it. Thank you for being here today. Absolutely. Thank Very you. Enlightening. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.